This Christmas season, David Jeremiah and Turning Point Productions present Why the Nativity, a docudrama film that will take you on a thought-provoking journey surrounding the most pivotal moment in human history, the birth of Jesus Christ. Experience the sights and sounds of that first Christmas as Dr. Jeremiah provides a fascinating presentation of biblical history paired with dramatic reenactments. Watch Why the Nativity completely free and find it everywhere it is available by going to whythenativity.org. That's whythenativity.org. If you find Christmas to not be a season of festivity, but one of fear, take heart. Fear was a part of the first Christmas as well. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah offers biblical encouragement for overcoming anxiety and depression, which are often rooted in fear this time of year. If you're struggling this season, listen as David introduces today's message, Why the Fear Knots of Christmas. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, as you read the Bible, uh, one of the principles of study is that when you see things repeated, when in a context or in a story, uh, the same theme is repeated or the same words are repeated, there's a special message there. And when you start to dig that out, you realize what a privilege it is to be a student of the Word of God. Today, we're going to talk about the times in the story of Christmas when the words fear not appeared. Maybe you've never thought about that, but I know God thought about it. God knew that there would be fear during this time of the year. And um, I've read all kinds of articles about the depression that happens during the Christmas season. Uh, Sometimes people take their lives at the time of celebration. And uh, it's just really an interesting thing how uh, our lives can catch up with us at this time of the year. And if we're not careful, we become very negative about everything and we become filled with fear. So our loving God, in the story of his sons coming to this earth, has dropped in several times during the narrative the two words, fear not. I want to say those words to you, fear not. You have nothing to be afraid of. Almighty God is here. Jesus Christ has come, and you can be free of your fear if you will put your trust in him. Today, we're going to take part one of the fear nots of Christmas, and uh, we'll finish that up tomorrow. And then Thursday and Friday, we're going to talk about why there must be Christmas. And then, of course, uh, we celebrate Christmas on Sunday at the end of this week. So let's enjoy the study of these Christmas themes as we move toward the weekend, beginning now. In the December 6th issue of the U.S. News and World Report, there is an article entitled, Conquering Our Phobias. And it tells the story of a nation that is feeling more and more anxiety with every year that passes. Overdue bills, code orange terrorism. Those are just two of the illustrations that are at the top of the list of fears that are stressing people out. For instance, in the article they said that 14.8 million American adults suffer from irrational fears of a particular situation, an object, or an experience. 13.3% of all American adults are afflicted with anxiety disorders. The annual cost of anxiety disorders in the United States is $42.3 billion, or $1,542 for every single American. And these fears afflict everyone. 
not just the average normal person, but even the very famous. For instance, Napoleon Bonaparte, who conquered Europe, was crippled throughout his life by the fear of cats. The fear of cats is called aleurophobia. Queen Elizabeth had a fear of roses, anthrophobia. Sigmund Freud, the famous father of psychoanalysis, suffered most of his life from the fear of the marketplace or crowded spaces, agoraphobia. Edgar Allan Poe suffered from the fear of closed places. We know that one, claustrophobia. Howard Hughes suffered from the fear of germs, mysophobia. Andre Agassi had a fear of spiders, arachnophobia. John Madden suffers from the fear of flying, aviophobia. Finally, I heard of another phobia that has me greatly concerned. This is for real. It's called homilophobia, and it's the fear of a sermon. And there are actually people who have the fear of a sermon. Well, the world is just full of fear, isn't it? Everywhere you look. And fear and stress seem to be at its zenith during the Christmas holidays. What a strange phenomenon that is to me. That at the season of the year, that for many is the happiest, for others is the very most fearful and stressful. Psychologists and counselors tell us that between now and about a week after New Year's is their busiest season of the year. I'm intrigued to discover that fear was present at the very first Christmas. On three different occasions, the words fear not were used to calm the fright of participants in the Christmas narrative. For instance, when the angel Gabriel appeared before Zacharias, Zacharias was troubled in the scripture says, and fear fell upon him, Luke 1.12. When the angel Gabriel arrived in Mary's presence, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was, Luke 1.29. The shepherds were greatly afraid, Luke 2.9, when the angel of the Lord stood before them. Now all of these experiences of people involved in the early Christmas celebration happen just as surely as our fears happen to us today. Yet at the same time, it is because of that first Christmas. 2,000 years ago, when God sent his son to the earth, that we don't have to fear anymore. And today, as we look at these three occurrences, it's my prayer that we'll be able to glean from the word of God some principles that will protect us from the debilitating fear that robs so many of their joy of Christmas. Here are three truths for you to remember when you feel the sense of fear creeping into your Christmas celebration. Number one, God still answers prayer. Let's say that out loud together. God still answers prayer. Follow along as I read from Luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 14. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child, 
because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now to set the experience of Zacharias in context so that you will truly appreciate it, let me remind you that between the closing of the book of Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament, and the beginning of the Gospels, the first books in the New Testament, there is a period of time of about 400 years. We refer to these years as the 400 silent years because in those years we have no record of God ever speaking audibly to man or sending an angel to give his message. For 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there was no word from God. The 400 silent years. God was silent for four centuries until a never-to-be-forgotten day when a man named Zacharias was fulfilling his duties as a priest in the temple. Every day for as long as they could remember, Zacharias and his wife had prayed for a son. To be childless in Israel was a disgrace and a reproach from God. At least that's how they looked at it. Their fervent prayer was about to be answered. On this historic day, Gabriel left God's presence to come and personally announce to Zacharias that God had heard his prayer and that his wife would soon have a son. That son would be John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now when we are tempted to feel discouraged and afraid and alone, let us remember Zacharias. God heard his prayer and answered it. And God is still answering the prayers of his people today. God has not forgotten you, and he will not ever forget you. Maybe you've been praying about something and it seems as if God is not listening. <laughs> Perhaps you have gotten so discouraged that you even quit praying. And that nagging fear continues to haunt you. Let me give you some hope. If God waited until Zacharias and Elizabeth were well past the age of childbearing and waited for them to pray through their whole married life for a son and waited and waited until finally it was his timing and he answered their prayer, God is going to answer your prayer too. If God let four centuries go by without ever sending an angel to see anybody, and in response to the prayer of Zacharias, he dispatched Gabriel down there to answer his prayer, I think God's pretty serious about prayer, don't you? 
And no matter how discouraged you get during the season, when you look around and see everyone else enjoying perhaps something that's been taken away from you, some of you are experiencing the very first Christmas ever without a loved one. You haven't looked forward to Christmas. You've dreaded it. How am I ever going to get through this season of the year? Well, let me just remind you, God still answers prayer. And he knows your heart, and he knows your hurt. He knows the tears that you cry when you're alone. And he delights for you to come to him and open your heart to him with your concern and pour your heart out to him, and you can know when you do that that he hears. When you get discouraged and fear starts to descend upon you, just remember Zacharias. He and Elizabeth prayed for their whole lives, and they didn't have any testament that said, oh, 50 years ago God did something special. God hadn't done anything special for four centuries. But they still believed and they still prayed. God heard their prayer. And I'm here to tell you God will hear your prayer as well. If after 400 years of silence, God can answer Zacharias and give him a miraculous son in his old age, he can answer your prayers and he can answer mine today. So quit worrying and quit being afraid. I always have loved what Mary C. Crowley used to say. She said, every evening I turn my worries over to God. He's going to be up all night anyway. (laughs) It's a good thought, isn't it? Now quickly move your gaze forward about six months and let's look at the second fear not. And I want to remind you that in this particular part of the lesson we're going to learn that not only does God still answer prayer, here's the second lesson, God still keeps his promises. Let's say that out loud. God still keeps his promises. And I want you to follow along as I read from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 and following. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and she considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now let's set this one in context. Think with me about this for a moment. Seven hundred years earlier, through the prophet Isaiah, Almighty God had given a promise that had never been fulfilled until this particular night recorded in Luke chapter 1. Seven hundred years before, Almighty God spoke through Isaiah of this particular event. Seven centuries came and went, and the event was not fulfilled until that night when the angel came and announced to Mary that she was to be the fulfillment of God's long-awaited promise. And in Matthew chapter 1, 
verses 21 through 23, we see how these two things come together in the person of Mary. The prophecy of Isaiah and the fulfillment of Mary. Matthew 1, 21 through 23 puts all of this together. Let me read it for you. Here's what it says. And she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, quote, Isaiah, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. For seven centuries, the promise of God to his people had not been fulfilled, but God did not forget his promise. And God has not forgotten the promises that he has made to us either. One of the blessings of studying prophecy in the Bible is to see the prophecy and then in many cases to be able to read history and see the fulfillment and to be aware of the fact that the same God who prophesied here and fulfilled it here is the God who has prophesied here and is going to fulfill it in the unknown future for all of us. But to bring this back to our experience as individuals, when we read a story like this and we see it that the God of ages maintain his integrity and his truth over seven centuries do you think he's going to break his integrity in your account do you think if you've claimed a promise from God that's legitimately from him that God isn't going to keep that promise you say well where do I get these promises well you get them from the word of God don't you the word of God is filled with the promises of the Lord if you don't read the Bible you don't have many promises and I thought I'd just share two or three of the best ones I know for this time of the year at least that you can count on. Let these be in your promise box during the Christmas holidays. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Isaiah 41.10 is one of my most favorite ones. Fear not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Here's one you may need during the holidays. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. <laughs> or Hebrews 13.5 and 6. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And I've only touched on the surface of this whole book full of promises to God's people. There's a promise in here for you if you just read far enough. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever kind of experience you may be having right now, if you just open this book and you just pray this simple prayer, Lord, I'm going to keep reading and keep studying until you tell me what you want me to know, and I'll know it in my heart when you do. I don't know how long you read or how many chapters or verses, but God has a word for you in his book, and his promises are true, and he never fails. God still answers prayer. God still keeps his promise. And now we go even a little bit further 
into the story, and in the second chapter of Luke, verses 8 through 16, we see the third fear not. And here we're going to learn that God still has a purpose. Let's say that out loud. God still has a purpose. Read with me as I read from the Bible, Luke chapter 2, and beginning at verse 8 and concluding with verse 16. Follow along. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, here's the third one, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. God still answers prayer. God still keeps his promises. And God still has a purpose. In this account of the shepherds, we are reminded that God's purpose is central to the entire story of Christmas. It has been his purpose from before the world began. And his purpose and his plan involves a Savior, and it involves you. It involves you and the Savior. God's plan and God's purpose, no matter how distant you may feel from him today, is still going on throughout all of the earth. God is still calling people to himself. God is still allowing the Savior's sacrifice on the cross to cleanse hearts and forgive sin. Since the beginning of time, God has had his love focused on you. He knows just what you need, and the angel's message to the shepherd lays it all out. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What is the purpose of God? What is his mission statement? His mission statement is you and me and our fulfillment in him. Fear not, oh my, what a message for this time of the year. And we'll have some more of this tomorrow here on Turning Point. Today, before we say goodbye, two things to remind you of. You can find out a lot of information about the distribution of the docudrama movie, Why the Nativity? This one hour and 20 minute presentation of the Lord's coming to this earth in beautiful um, cinematography is available for you to see.
And you can get all the details about that by going to that website, whythenativity.org. I've told you about the special releases coming this weekend uh, on Christmas Eve morning at 10 a.m. and Christmas Day at 10 a.m. on the Lifetime Network. The movie will be seen across the country, and it will be many other places where you can find it. But if you want to spend a lot of time looking for it or find exactly where it is, go to whythenativity.org, and there's listings there that tell you where you can see it, and you can share that with others that you want to view it as well. There's also a possibility for you to get it from YouTube. You can get it from YouTube anytime, and you can play it from YouTube. You can um, Bluetooth it to your television and watch it in your living room. It's amazing how this is available today. So take advantage of all of these opportunities. Your center for knowing how to do that is whythenativity.org. Go there today and find out about a lot of resources that are available to go with this film. We have just a few days left to celebrate before the actual event is celebrated on the 25th. So let's have a great week of spreading the word of the coming of Christ. See you next time. Thanks for listening. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Why the Nativity, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's 365-day devotional for 2023, Moments with God. It's a powerful tool for daily inspiration in the year ahead. Perfect as a gift or for your own study. And it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Why the Nativity? Here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. We celebrate Christmas every year, but have you ever wondered why? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why a newborn king? In the film called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah gives you a front row seat as you travel back in time to experience the sights and sounds of this pivotal moment, the birth of Jesus. Make this your new Christmas tradition. Why the Nativity is available to stream for free at whythenativity.org. Watch it today for free at whythenativity.org. Life is filled with moments, and to help encourage powerful moments with the Lord each and every day, Dr. David Jeremiah has written a new book called Moments with God. This beautiful, year-long devotional makes a wonderful companion to your personal Bible study. When you give a generous year-end gift of $120 or more to Turning Point, you'll receive a Moments with God devotional four-pack, one for you and three to share. Donate online at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. For more than 40 years, Dr. David Jeremiah has faithfully preached God's Word. And as the world changes, how the message is delivered expands. Turning Point Plus was created as the next step in our digital broadcast ministry. And it's available instantly when you sign up to support Turning Point with an automatic monthly gift of any amount. Learn more and access more than 12,000 audio and video messages at turningpointplus.org. Generations ago, a wealthy European family decided to invite their friends to celebrate their infant's first birthday. 
As the well-heeled guests arrived, their expensive coats and furs were laid on a bed in an upstairs bedroom. When it came time for the celebration to begin, the infant was nowhere to be found. A servant, remembering where she had last seen the baby asleep, hurried upstairs and found him asleep under the pile of furs and expensive overcoats. If we are not careful, the birthday celebration of the Christ child could suffer the same fate. A birthday baby forgotten amidst the wealth and glitter of his own birthday party. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's Christ child on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.